Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, presented by the University of Maryland Sports Business Society. Hey everyone, and welcome back to season two, episode seven of the Locker Room Podcast, sponsored by the Sports Business Society. Today, we're joined by special guest Tony Reed. Tony Reed oversees all of our corporate hospitality and suite sales for the U- University of Maryland Athletic Department, and he's an intern coordinator. Tony, thanks for joining us today. No problem, Noah. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, of course. So, a little background on how me and Tony know each other. Uh, the beginning of the school year, I actually started interning for the Spire Group, um, which Tony's a big part of, and he's been a big mentor for me. This kind of helped me learn more about sports and sales. And uh, even though I'm no longer working there, we've been really well connected. So it's uh, great to have you on. Yeah, it's uh, I'm excited to I'm excited to chat with you. It's been a while, so I'm excited been. excited for us to catch up. All right, so let's just start right away. Um, sure. Take me back to not too long ago, but when you were in college, how did you first get involved with sports, and why do you want to get involved in sports? Yeah, so my path into the sports industry was a little bit unique in terms of I was a senior in high school and my dad and I ended up having a conversation about what you want to do next in life. And I wasn't necessarily too sure what my next step was going to be, but I knew I loved sports and I knew that sports was a career path that I wanted to pursue. So my dad actually had season tickets for the Harrisburg Senators minor league baseball team. And he had a, a guy with the team that would take us onto the field or get us autographs or meet Bryce Harper. And I thought that that job was very cool. So I told my dad, hey, dad, I want to do that job. So I connected with our account representative who I ended up learning that there was a career path that was selling season ticket packages to fans, making sure they have a fantastic time. So ultimately, that's when I knew I wanted to get into sports sales. And I ended up going to college where that man went to college. His name's John. He was a fantastic mentor for me. So he told me where he went to college, what course loads he studied, where he did internships. So I kind of followed that to a T. Uh, Sports management with a minor in business and economics. Uh, Did some internships in terms of some sales related things. I actually interned with the minor league baseball team. So that was kind of my career path in college. That's awesome. So when you started college, from what I'm hearing, did you know you wanted to work specifically in sales or were you just thinking, I want to work in sports? Like that's kind of my dream. So sports was definitely my dream. And then there was a couple different paths in sports that you can naturally take. I like to talk to people. I like to create memories. I like to tell stories. So everybody told me when I was younger that I was going to end up being a lawyer, but I didn't want to go to law school. So I was hoping to get maybe into a sports agent field. Um, but then I realized I did have to go to law school. So my agent dream kind of set sail. So I wanted to make sure that I could incorporate talking with fans, making memories and that kind of stuff without necessarily having to go to law school. So sales was just kind of a natural fit in terms of I like talking to people. So it was just easy to kind of pick up on that. And then through an internship and then an entry level job, I realized I actually had a passion uh, for everything that went along into it. So it was fun to, yeah, it was fun to kind of navigate that career path. Okay. So when you were in college, um, you talked about, you know, a little bit about your role with the minor league team, 
but can you kind of just talk about other ways you got involved and kind of then like what are your next steps and kind of take me through like the journey of how you kind of got to now where you are. Absolutely. So when I was in college, uh, LinkedIn was a very big way of growing your network. So ultimately I knew that I kind of wanted to work in sports. So I went on LinkedIn and I would type in, for instance, Philadelphia 76ers or Pittsburgh Pirates. And I would just add every single person that was involved in the, like with the Philadelphia 76ers, I would have went down the entire line of people that worked in there, started reading up on their LinkedIn, started seeing exactly what job they did. And then I would start Googling and researching that title, uh, do a little bit of homework on the back end to see exactly what these positions in sports meant. So then that's kind of how I was able to wedge my way into making connections and growing my network while also learning different career paths in sports. So then I would set up calls and do interviews and find that job on teamwork online and try to match that with the position that I saw on LinkedIn. So it was just kind of like a jigsaw puzzle that I was able to put together to kind of teach myself and learn how to get my foot in the door. So yeah, definitely networking, definitely LinkedIn, definitely meeting people, going to career fairs, going to conferences, just trying to do anything that I could to just kind of break down that door to get my foot in. That's awesome. And one thing you kind of uh, got to a little bit, you said conference. So obviously right now, Maryland, they're putting together the sports business conference. Um, I know that one time you told me a little bit about your conference. Can you kind of talk about your role there? Yeah. So I went to college at Indiana University of Pennsylvania, which is a D2 college right outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, we had a pretty good sports management program. And we had a really nice brand new basketball facility. So my university would put on an annual conference every single year, which was the IUP Sports Business Conference, now rebranded to the Pennsylvania Sports Business Conference. So it's growing. So that's really exciting. Um, I was actually just there this past weekend speaking on my position. So a little bit about what I did with them was I worked with them as an intern. And as an intern, I was just making sure that all the speakers were set up, making sure that everybody's hotels were taken care of, transportation, advertising to students, making sure that students are taken care of when they do get there. So interning with the conference was another way that it, it helped me break into the sports industry because I got to work the conference and meet these speakers and talk with them and understand what they do. And I was kind of networking with them before they networked with the conference. So just being able to get involved that way was right. Yeah, and as someone who's part of the conference planning team here, like definitely just an amazing opportunity to, to start networking early and just like see the behind the scenes. It's super cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit more now. So after college, um, kind of just your different jobs. I know you work with different teams like the Pelicans and the Hornets, now the Terps, obviously, and some other jobs in between. What was it like kind of just in such a short uh, time frame, just like moving back and forth, not even with sport, just in general, moving back and forth for work? Yeah. The sports industry is really unique in terms of you got to go where the jobs are. It's really nice when you do go to colleges like the University of Maryland and you have the entire DMV within 50 to 100 miles of you. Uh, where I went to college out by Pittsburgh, we still had Pittsburgh sports and Philadelphia sports, but it was uh, difficult to kind of everybody wanted to work for those two cities. So moving is kind of part of the job, but also being strategic with it. Like I have family down in New Orleans. So I was able, able to make that move down to New Orleans and kind of know that I have family there and I'm kind of familiar with the area. So just being able to kind of leverage your network with 
different areas that you know kind of help with the move. Um, but yeah, that's probably that's probably the best way to put that. Got it. So what would you say are some similarities you saw between each group and team you worked with, whether it was the Hornets, the Pelicans, the Terps, whoever it may be, what are the kind of common themes you saw when it came to sales for each group? Yeah, so what was really cool about New Orleans was, first off, if you've never been there, I would absolutely tell you to at least visit it one time. Uh, New Orleans is known for having its own culture and flair, and they love the sports teams. So, you know, with the everything that happened with Hurricane Katrina and the displacement and people living in the Superdome, Saints, and then that ended up turning into the Pelicans. The Saints and Pelicans meant more to that city than just about anything because it saved a lot of people's lives and a lot of people were displaced and, and they all they had left was sports. All they had left was to root on the Saints. I'll never forget. I wasn't there, obviously, but I'll never forget watching the first game back in the Superdome after Hurricane Katrina. Um, so just the rich history and the passion that the cities have for their sports teams made it really fun to sell season tickets for them because even though the Pelicans necessarily weren't that great when I was there, they were still going to Pelicans games. They were still a basketball city. You had LSU right up the road. So sports was just really ingrained. So being able to relate to those people um, and understand how much sports mean to them was a great way for me to kind of get my footing and being able to relate to those people and be able to ultimately sell them season ticket packages. And then to move over to Charlotte, uh, North Carolina basketball is a hotbed. So North Carolina basketball is kind of a way of life down there. So the fans in North Carolina were a little bit more educated than New Orleans fans in terms of just like, if a player had a bad game, they let us know that they had a bad game. New Orleans, you just go for fun. You go to the game for fun to hang out with your family and friends. So it was a little bit of a transition just in terms of relating to people, but I was able to kind of make my wedge into the Charlotte market with the Hornets by keeping up on my stuff. I was watching the team. I understand basketball. So being able to kind of get into the nitty gritty in terms of the X's and O's of basketball was a great way to kind of sell the product that we have there. And it didn't help that, you know, our owner was Michael Jordan. So we got to bring fans out for tours and show them Michael Jordan's locker and the big Jordan logo and being able to get fans to just see stuff that they might not be able to see on a typical game day. How often would you see Michael Jordan around? I actually saw Michael Jordan one time in the elevator and uh, I was with my boss and my jaw hit the ground and I was, you know, starting to shake in my, I was shaking a little bit and my boss elbowed me and he, he, he saw that my, my jaw was, you know, kind of on the floor and I had to make sure my, before Michael, you know, turned around and saw me, right. but it was really exciting to, uh, and then once MJ got off into the parking lot, my boss looked at me and said, don't worry. I was the same way when, uh, when, yeah. the goat, when I bumped into him for the first time, but we had Hornets Christmas parties and mm -hmm. Michael Jordan would be there and the players would be there. So not too often do I get starstruck, but MJ's a little bit different. Yeah, of course. And it's moments like that, that it's like, obviously there's a lot more to sports and working in sports, but like little things like that. It's like why sports are so cool. Oh, it's so fun. I mean, even just here, we were eating lunch in one of our suites and an elementary school came down and some players were shooting on the court and these kids were sitting in the seats watching these players shoot on the court and they were losing their mind shoot a free throw half court every time that one of the players would make a shot they would lose their mind and start cheering for these players so yeah just the 
the way sports relate to anybody, even if you've never watched sports before, you can kind of sit down and get into a game just by the atmosphere and how electric it is. So yeah, that's definitely my favorite part of working in sports. That's awesome. That kind of leads into my next question. When it comes to, you know, we talked about with New Orleans and Katrina and then with Charlotte, kind of like North Carolina basketball, when you're pitching to clients, when you're pitching to new clients or trying to even retain current clients, like even if the team's having a bad season, I know that with some teams, you know, even with the Terps this year, it can be, uh, it's not so easy with uh, how the season goes, but how do you kind of, you know, learn the clients or like get new clients? Like what is your pitch and how much does it matter what's currently happening, you know, not just with the team, but the city and just the, the culture? Absolutely. So what's really unique about sports is at the end of the day, the score definitely matters, but the memories that are created is how we excel in our job. And when we kind of dig to the root of why people go to sporting events is how you exceed in sports sales and how you continue to hit your goals and continue to grow your network. Because, uh, you know, you could have went to a Baltimore Ravens game with your uncle when you were 12 years old. And maybe you saw the Packers and Brett Favre was the quarterback or maybe a young Aaron Rodgers. I ask you what the score was to that game when you were 12 years old. Odds are you probably won't be able to tell me the score unless maybe the Ravens won by 50. And you say, I just remember the Ravens won by 50. But you went to the game with your uncle. You guys got some hot dogs. You met the mascot. Just being able to sell everything that happens at a sporting event kind of trumps what happens on obviously it's very easy when the team wins more people do want to come but people go to sports and sporting events to kind of escape from the day-to-day that is the grind so to speak so just being able to kind of articulate that with our clients and then with our new season ticket holder or with our current season ticket holders getting them to come back it's kind of the same concept yeah the team might not have been too too great but how about that one time that Russell Westbrook was there shooting free throws and you got to come in a little bit early and watch him shoot when it's a completely empty basketball arena. So the things that we get to see all the time, maybe we become desensitized to, but it still means so much to our fans and so much to our clients and our future season ticket holders and future Terrapin fans. Oh, that's awesome. And one thing that I was learning so far, just through my internship is talking to different people, different mentors, I learned that when it comes to sales and sports specifically, you know, you can talk, I'd love for you to talk about this, but you know, it's not transactional as a salesperson. You're not trying to just, you know, sell and just get the money or however it is. Like you're selling an experience, you know, you bring people together and you build these relationships. Can you kind of talk more about that? Yeah. So relationship building is really important. And on the front end of relationship building, asking the right questions is very important. Like for instance, in a typical sales call, if I'm calling you and maybe you came to uh, a Hornets versus Miami Heat game on a Tuesday night, ultimately I'm thanking you for coming. That's the most important part when I reach out to you. Thanks for coming. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your business. Let me ask you, how was your experience at the game? And then depending on where they go with that answer, I would imagine they had a good experience if they're taking my call and interested in talking with me. Then you just ask, who did you come to games with? oh, I came to that game with my wife. Maybe I came with my son or my nephew. How was their experience? Oh, they lost their mind. They had such a good time. They got to see their favorite player make a game-winning shot. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, if their favorite player is a Hornet, how about 
you know, how about we come in a little bit early and maybe do an autograph session or the benefits of this season ticket means you get to go to a summer picnic where the players are going to be and they're going to do autograph signings. So just ultimately getting to the root of why they come to sporting events and finding their, what I like to call a hot button on why they do come out is the best way to build relationships. And then also being here. So the best part about working in sports is you get to go to the games. So you get to see the father and son get to enjoy that sporting event in person. So it's really nice to make memories. That's all I love to do in this is my favorite part of this job is making memories, just wow moments, stuff that made me excited when I was a kid, being able to be on the other side of the fence and making their day. Maybe they got a straight A's on their report card or they graduated high school or just got their driver's license or it's their birthday. I used to go to sporting events for my birthday. I remember what I used to love. So why not try to replicate that for my clients? Absolutely. And I think there is a big misconception with sports sales um, because of just regular sales and telemarketing and those types of things. I don't think people realize like how much like goes into it and how much relationship building there is and kind of just continuously like checking in and making sure like you have some type of meaningful relationship and like build those memories like you were talking about. Um, and, you know, a big thing I always hear is kind of that, like, again, just like misconceptions, how sports sales, you know, it's, you know, it's a lot of just like cold calls and just like people don't want to hear from you, kind of stuff like that. Can you kind of go into like misconceptions and sales? Yeah, absolutely. So sales is difficult in terms of it is a grind. There is a path and a roadmap that you do have to follow that does create success. But what makes it really unique is just during this, this, interview that we've had, my phone's rang three times and it said spam risk. So you get these calls throughout the day. And what's nice about sports sales is, yeah, maybe a call is cold because you've never reached out to them before, but you're not just calling names out of a phone book. You're reaching out to somebody who came to a game. So in a world of robotic phone calls, we are actually that real person. So being able to get somebody on the phone, hey, it's Anthony with the University of Maryland Athletic Department. I noticed you came out to the basketball game last night. How was your experience? Instead of your car warranty is up, please call this number to deal with your car warranty. So a lot of people say, oh, I thought you were a robot. It's actually really nice to talk to a person. So we have that in when we make the initial outreach, which is really, really nice. And then kind of what sets us up or sets us apart is how many times have you gone on stubhub.com and run into an issue and called into their phone service line and sat on hold for 15, 20 minutes before you had to talk to somebody to get transferred to somebody. On our end, you have my phone number. So you'll be able to reach me. If you're going to be 15 minutes late, let me know. Or if you're going to, if it's, you're bringing your nephew and it's his birthday, let me know. I'll make sure the Testudo comes and visits your nephew in your seats, or we give you a nice little gift bag or stuff like that. So it's just having that in a, in a robotic world, we still deliver that personal touch, which is very valuable to our customers. Yeah, for sure. And kind of just follow question to that. I know that right now, just, you know, now more than ever with technology and just it's easier than ever to access games um, at home uh, through whether it's on your phone, your iPad, or whatever it may be. So what's the biggest challenge of getting tickets sold just with people? It's easier now more than ever just watch it at home. Plus with COVID, people don't want to go out. How do you lure clients in? How do you get people to 
uh, to not say no? Like, what do you, how do you make the experience uh, unique? So I'm going to transition this to what I do now, being able to oversee our corporate hospitality and suite sales. So for the first half of this conversation, we talked about how to relate to customers. When it comes to relating to business, every business all over the world, whether we're talking about Apple or we're talking about Bob's copiers down the road, one of the biggest challenges that we as a country are facing is person to person relationships. So businesses have to reward their employees. They have to retain their clients. The, in order to retain your clients, you could maybe take them out to dinner, but dinner is dinner. Or maybe you could take them to a University of Maryland versus Penn State football game and they went to Penn State. So they get to experience Maryland. They get to network in a suite. They get to talk. So in a in a world that is robotic, again, it's just that personal touch. Um, don't get me wrong, with Maryland being in the Big Ten, all of our games are televised. So a lot of people do want to sit on their couch, watch a game, enjoy it from their home, but it's 21 to 21 with 10 seconds left to go in the game. And Tolia Tugavailoa throws a touchdown pass to Dante Demas as the clock expires, Maryland wins. You're high-fiving the person that's sat next to you. You know, it, as fun as that is in your living room, everybody knows that going to a sport, sporting event and that buzzer beater that, that happens, that's a once-in-a-lifetime moment. You'll never go back to that exact same basketball game and watch that exact same buzzer beater or that last second touchdown. So not only is sports a relationship situation, we are also in the moments business. You want to be there. Everybody wants to be there for that moment and people have the fear of missing out. So being able to just relate that to customers and then also on top of their hot buttons, that's how in a digital world, we still can sell out sporting events. So I love what you said there, kind of like we're in the moments business. It is true because there are moments where, you know, watching the game at home, you're like, wow, like this would be so cool to watch in person, that last second shot, that throw, whatever it may be. So you're absolutely right. I think that regardless of like technology, like the beauty of sports is like seeing it in person. There's nothing like it. It's, it's priceless. Yeah. And I have a little story about that, that I usually do like to tell my clients on the phone is I was a young, I was about five years old when 9-11 happened, but my favorite moment in sports to this day is, you know, 9-11 happened and it was really traumatic and the city of New York got flipped upside down. I'm not going to completely relate that to COVID, but it's the same concept, especially in New York City. It turned the city upside down. So I'll never forget watching the Yankees play the Mets with my dad, right? Not after like a week after 9-11, where President Bush came out and threw the first pitch and every single person that every seat in that stadium was filled and they sang the national anthem and got together and they were able to hug the people next to them when, you know, when first pitch happened. So just those kind of things ultimately fuel my fire, I guess. Uh, you don't want those events to happen, but as a country, we lean on sports. When COVID shut everything down, one of the first things to come back was sports because we needed it. The NBA bubble or the first Super Bowl or WrestleMania post COVID, those events were monumental just because as a, as a society, 
sports is just forever ingrained and it doesn't matter black white asian everybody loves sports so you can get rid of any problems that do happen through sports i mean that was a beautiful answer and i think that's why i wanted to start getting involved in sports too i I realized at some point especially during covid like sports are never going to die there the fabric of our society like it brings everyone together. It doesn't matter like who you are. Like if you love a team, like you're going to go cheer them on, you're going to cheer them on with other people. So you're absolutely right. Um, and then one thing, I guess, kind of just about, you know, uh, just like loving a team. I know that you come from Maryland. So what did it mean to you when you joined College Park and the Spire group there? Um, can you kind of just talk about like your connection? Absolutely. So my dad and his cousin went to the University of Maryland. Uh, so I grew up at Terp. My first ever sports memory was when the University of Maryland won the 2002 National Championship. In 2002, I was seven years old. So my dad let me stay up late for that game. So I remember staying up, watching it with my dad. Maryland won the National Championship. I mean, it was the first time in my life I ever saw my dad cry and just tears of joy that you know, that he got to see his school that he grew up loving, being able to to raise a national championship banner, so to speak, was uh, that's kind of what started my love for sports. And then having the opportunity that the University of Maryland was hiring post-COVID, getting a little bit closer to home because my family's still in Pennsylvania, uh, it just meant a lot. And then going to the football games this year and, you know, the bowl win in New York City was incredible. And then when having the 2002 national championship team back and being able to give my dad tickets to that game so him and his cousin could come, it just, Maryland's a little bit more than just a job for me. It's kind of family. So it was really cool to be a part of the Terp family because I, I applied to the University of Maryland and out of state ultimately didn't get in. So I thought my dreams of being a Terp were, were done there. So being able to kind of roll up my sleeves, succeed in my career, and ultimately earn my spot at Maryland, that means so much to me. That's an awesome story. Just from like watching the game with your dad, and then now it's like you're selling tickets for you know the game where the championship players come back, like that Ohio State game and stuff like that. Just full circle story. So really cool. Um, I just have a few more questions. Um, you know, I kind of want to talk about because really kind of focusing more on you, not so much uh, for sales. So just to start, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? What's your, what's the, I guess, like your big career goal for 10 years from now? 10 years from now, ultimately, I kind of found my niche in a ticket sales department. So the next step that comes past selling season tickets is ultimately managing and leading teams So hopefully one day I do get into leadership in terms of being able to run my own department. Uh, But yeah, ultimately, if I had to put a title on it, I would love to be a vice president of ticket sales and service for anybody, the University of Maryland, the Charlotte Hornets, the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. So I would love to stay doing what I'm doing and ultimately inspire younger kids like the way I lead our internship here, hopefully maybe leading a group of young sales reps in order to crush their goals and mentor them. And I just love teaching. I love mentoring. I always told myself if I didn't get into sports ticket sales, I would have tried to go back to school and become a teacher. So being able to hopefully match my sales with my teaching background, 
I would just love to, to coach and mentor in 10 years from now. That would be my ultimate dream. Well, as someone who is mentored by you, I can definitely say you're doing a really good job at it. So I appreciate it. I really do appreciate that. Of course. Um, one fun question. If you could sell season tickets to anybody, who would it be? Who's your, who's your dream client? Oh, I mean, my favorite athlete is Lamar Jackson. So if I could ever connect with Lamar Jackson and ultimately get him courtside tickets to a University of Maryland game or 50 yard line tickets for a University of Maryland football game, that would uh, that would be my absolute dream moment. I, uh, you know, it's even funny because now when I'm in this age, you know, athletes are are younger than me. So it's really unique with a player like Lamar, like I still look up to him. He's still my hero, just the way he acts in the community and the way he's such a beacon of light to children and, and how the media can kind of just criticize him. And he just wants to play football. So yeah, if Lamar, if you've listened to this podcast and you want courtside tickets to uh, university of Maryland basketball game, give me a call. Yeah. You know who to go to. <laughs> I think that would definitely draw in a big crowd for the games. If you, uh, if Lamar Jackson showed up. Oh man. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, one, la- one more question before a uh, fun little segment. Um, what advice can you offer just to young aspiring sports professionals? I guess the best advice that I can give to somebody who's looking to break into the industry is don't overlook the small steps. Getting into sports, having a five-year plan is very important. But if it's a 10 step journey, making sure that you do step one, the same as step two, the same as step three to make, don't cut corners, start with a foundation, whether it's networking or finding your passion or internships, you can never have too much experience. So just, I'm a Sixer fan. So I've been saying this since I got into sports, trust the process. Um, So ultimately just trust the process, trust your schooling, trust your network. Don't be afraid to connect with anybody. Um, My favorite part about this industry is we're all looking to help each other. So don't don't sell your dreams too short. You know, if you want to connect with the president of the organization, shoot them a message. I mean, the worst they could do is say no. So just being able to consistently progress, consistently progress and 1% better is better than you were yesterday. That's great advice. Um, yeah, I feel like you hit everything, just especially someone who is in this situation of being a young, aspiring sports professional. I think uh, very good advice. Uh, all right. So last but not least, um, we like to do this on the Locker Room Podcast it's called the Maryland Minute. So it's just some really fast, quick uh, answers to some questions kind of Maryland related. Um, so we just got a few for you. Ready? All right. First, uh, favorite spot in College Park? On campus or in the entire college park? Uh, on campus. It could be a restaurant, bar, building, whatever. Uh, so my favorite restaurant in College Park is definitely Cava. I love Cava. Um, that is probably my favorite lunch spot. As far as my favorite place on campus, I really do love the football stadium. Uh, going to an empty football stadium is very peaceful. So whether I go into a suite at a football game or take a tour, just an empty football stadium, and I'm the only person in there, I just feel 
calm, I guess. So the football stadium is definitely my favorite place on campus. And then off campus, I'm going to go with Kappa. Awesome. All right, next question. Your favorite UMD athlete ever? Ooh, that's such a good question. When they were in school, Mellow Trimble was the most exciting basketball player I've ever watched play college basketball. Um, professionally, it has to be Stefan Diggs. I rooted for Stefan when he got drafted by the Vikings in the fifth round. Anybody that was a Terp, I rooted for. And then to see Stefan go from a fifth round draft pick back up, back up for the Minnesota Vikings to being Josh Allen's number one target and getting paid a gigantic bag for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but yeah, rooting for Stefan. But when they were in college, Mellow Trimble. Awesome. Favorite UMD sports memory? I already said the 2002 national championship, so I will not say that again, but probably my next favorite sports memory was when uh, the basketball team won the Big Ten in 2019. Although it was a co-Big Ten win, it was nice that we moved into this conference and ultimately showed that we belonged. Um, but I hope we win the lacrosse national championship this year. Yeah, fingers crossed. We're looking good. All right, last question. Any hot takes for this upcoming season, whether that's in football, basketball, whatever sport for Maryland? Hot take for football. There's a path for us to win nine football games this year. Oh, yeah? I'll leave it at that. Nine oh, wins yeah. puts us in the Outback Bowl, which is uh, down in Tampa Bay, which is a New Year's Six Bowl. But there is a path for us to win nine football games. I think we can win eight, but there's a road game or two that could swing our way. Yeah, never know. All right, that was everything for the Maryland Minute, and that was really everything I had today. So, Tony Reed, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for the conversation. No problem, Noah. I really had fun. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And if you, for the fans out there, if you uh, want to hear any more, want to find any more content, follow us on Instagram at SBS underscore UMD. All right, thank you guys so much. Bye. Go, go Terps.